Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, welcome to In All Honesty, the podcast where we get real about life and all the problems that come with it. I'm Michelle Elman and I'm a five board accredited life coach, public speaker, author of The Joy of Being Selfish and Am I Ugly? And I'm passionate about teaching people how to communicate, heal the wounds from the past, feel your feelings, and ultimately giving you the tools you need to change your own life. This is the space where you get your personal development needs met and we talk about all things growth, self-awareness and communication with complexity and nuance. So if that sounds like your cup of tea, then stick around because I think you're going to like it here. Welcome back to another episode. Today I just wanted to have a little bit of a spiel about intuitive exercise or body positive exercise or how to exercise without feeling bad about yourself. Essentially, if you follow me on Instagram, you know I love exercise and it wasn't always that way. But actually, before I started hating exercise, I did really like exercise. And that was when I was like nine years old, pretty much all of primary school. I was a very active child. I loved horse riding, ice skating. I did even grades in ice skating. I did swimming. I did tennis. I did roller hockey. I played rugby at one point. I tried pretty much every single sport. I played football, I played netball, basically any single activity I could get my hands on, I tried. And I wasn't very good at any of them, but I loved all of them. And it was only when I started getting older and there was a perception of you had to be good to play and the change from primary school to secondary school in that you had to be on a team to actually be able to play at all, especially with things like netball. That was my favourite sport and you weren't allowed to play unless you made one of the teams. So I tried out for the teams, didn't even make the E-team, which the E-team didn't play any matches anyway, but it meant I never even got to go to the practices. And so I never got to play netball. And I just think that kind of mentality is so rubbish and also sets us up for this lifetime of hating exercise. And it's when movement starts turning into a workout, like actual work. And we see exercise as this thing to compensate for the calories that we eat or to punish our bodies because we feel bad about ourselves. And it just changes your relationship entirely. And I also think a big change for me was also the fact that 
when I was 11, so my first year of secondary school, as well as all of these changes from primary to secondary, I went into hospital and I came out with a huge fear of hurting my head and landing back in hospital. Essentially, I'd had a really rubbish experience in hospital and my greatest fear was going back into hospital, which meant things like horse riding became scary because what if you fall off the horse? What if you hit your head? What if you hit your head became the mantra in my life and so things like lacrosse terrified me. Even netball to some extent scared me and so what ended up happening was I actually lied to my school when I went back after my surgeries and said that my neurosurgeon said that I couldn't exercise for six months. I wrote to my neurosurgeon and told him that I hated lacrosse and can you give me a note for six months and my neurosurgeon essentially said you've gone through the biggest nightmare for the last six months you can have whatever you want and so he wrote me that note which was a complete lie and to be fair I do think lacrosse balls flying at your head post brain surgery is probably not the smartest idea but it meant that for six months I sat on the sidelines and as much as I loved that in lacrosse lessons when I hated lacrosse I got really sad when it came to netball and I was no longer allowed to play and then what's even worse was after six months my six month timeline ran out and the first PE lesson back was a whole year wide cross country so all 90 girls were running cross country together for those of you who don't know what cross country is essentially it's running outside but it's like half an hour run and it's the same route and so you know who comes last and because I had not moved my body in six months and had barely been able to pick up the balls on the side of the court to help when I was sitting out of all of these PE lessons with my sick note. I then had to run for half an hour. I didn't only end last, I ended half an hour behind the latest person. The thing with cross country was it was nightmare, but because it was so much shorter than the length of a PE lesson, it meant that you could all go for lunch early as soon as the last person finished. But of course, me finishing half an hour later than the last person meant my whole year absolutely hated me. And what was even worse was a teacher had to come back and find me because they were so worried I had got lost because no one had ever finished it so slowly. I mean, Bearing in mind, I was an 11 year old who had just learned how to walk six months before. I don't think it was a very sensible idea and this unnecessary humiliation obviously gave me a really warped relationship with exercise. And I won't lie, it did not change until I was 19 years old and I went back into hospital. And you know how I said the mantra in my life was like, what if I hit my head? It kind of flipped when I went into hospital and I was like, I have done every single thing right for eight years and I still ended up in hospital and so it almost reversed it and created this YOLO mentality of fine if I'm going to end up in hospital I'm going to do every single thing that scares me every single thing that I've not let myself do all the things I used to love and enjoy like paddleboarding wakeboarding all back in my life and so when I came out of hospital when I was 19 not only did I have this mentality I had such an urge to escape that hospital room that all I wanted to do was run and even at the peak of my love for exercise and all of these activities and sports, running was never my thing. So this sudden urge to run was really peculiar and I couldn't understand it but I kind of just lent into it and as soon as I was allowed to walk, as soon as I was allowed to move my body which was about six weeks out of hospital, I'd been bedridden for six weeks, had to relearn how to walk but I wasn't allowed to do any strenuous exercise for an additional six weeks after that. I started actually trying to run and I had this sentence in my head of running on behalf of people who couldn't. 
And I think it came with this overall feeling that I had taken my body for granted for so many years. If you haven't watched my TED talk, my TED talk actually summarizes it perfectly. And it basically talks about how I used to complain about my bingo wings and suddenly I couldn't move my arms and I complained about my thighs and I suddenly couldn't move my legs and I complained about my scars and I realized that my scars served a purpose. They're the reason why I'm alive. And my whole relationship with my body changed from being something aesthetic that you look at to realizing what my body does, what my body has allowed me to do. I had focused for so long on the things my body couldn't do. And for once I was focusing on what my body could do, all the things I'd taken for granted. And there were so many moments in hospital that I could not stop thinking about, like the time that I didn't go to dance class with my friends because I was worried about looking stupid. And when I came out of hospital, I had this YOLO summer where I tried everything. I went on hikes. I used to be terrified of going on hikes because I thought, what if you get trapped? What if I'm the slowest? All of these what ifs didn't matter anymore. I wanted to do everything and I wanted to because I was so worried in that hospital bed that I was going to die and have all of these regrets that I actually went out there and did the thing. I did wakeboarding, I went back to horse riding, I went paddle boarding, I went on these hikes which ended in these like cliffs and waterfalls and reservoirs and to be honest it wasn't all movement. I also went on roller coasters for the first time. Anything that scared me, anything that I was like I'm not doing that, that's stupid, I'm going to look stupid, any of these things instead became I'm not going to live life with any regrets. And that's where my love of exercise started. So this um, drive to run meant I started going to the gym, thankfully and helpfully. I was actually in a very active friendship group who used to hang out in the gym all the time. And you know what? For the entire first year of university, I never realized that. I actually thought they were just in lectures all day. And I remember saying to my friend, wait, so you've all been in the gym every single day? Why did no one invite me? My housemate at the time actually said, do you not notice when I leave the house, I leave with a gym bag? Have you never wondered what's in that bag? Like, it's a gym bag. And I just never thought about it. I never considered it. And so, because my friends went anyway, and they usually went after a night out as a way to sober up, I started going with them. And it was a very supportive environment. And you know what? Especially after being bedridden, I, it felt so good to be strong and empowered in my body and so a lot of the things that I understand people have to actively do to unlearn negative messages around exercise I never actually had to actively unlearn but the things that I would tell people now and obviously when I was working as a life coach specifically in body confidence a big thing that would come up is exercise is when I was going to these dance classes for the first time I would tell myself you can leave anytime you want to and that was a big thing that helped me through and it allowed me to try new things like spinning classes, turns out, don't like spinning. Uh, try Zumba classes, turns out I don't like Zumba but I do like dance classes as long as the music is very poppy and up to date. And also having the confidence in those classes to stand up for my body, to not feel pressured because there are some classes where they're going to shout and yell at you and tell you to go faster and I will just tell them, no, you don't know my body, I'm the only one in my body and so I know what speed I need to go at and I'm not going to injure myself to keep up with the rest of the class. And a lot of the times what instructors will do is at the beginning of the class they'll just say, oh does anyone have any illnesses? Obviously I have 15 surgeries, my medical record is not going to be summarised, especially in public in front of everyone else and so sometimes I will say something and sometimes I will just say I have medical stuff but I know what I can and can't do so 
like I'll decide and you don't need to worry about it because then it allows me the permission to do what I want but also if someone continues pressuring you get up and leave you don't need to stay in a room if you're not enjoying it and I know a lot of people when I say that go oh well what if I insult them a fitness instructor who is teaching a class has had other people walk out on them they have no clue why you're walking out and if they assume it's because of their teaching then that's their own insecurity and you can't help them and they'll think probably think that every time anyone walks out but a lot of the time when I walk out it's about me it's not about them it's because I couldn't do something or my body wasn't feeling a certain kind of way and actually listening to your body is the key to all of this. So a lot of diet culture is about working out for a certain length of time, whether it be an hour or two hours. It's about working out a certain number of times a week. But actually, when I started unlearning all of this, I realized, oh, I can actually just listen to my body. My body actually wants to move. And there's a sentence I say quite a lot, which is, you loved riding your bike before they called it spinning. You loved all these things. You loved to move your body before someone decided to capitalize on it and turn it into a workout. You found it fun until someone told you that it was a way to burn calories. You found it fun before someone told you that it was a way to lose weight. And if you can disconnect nutrition from exercise completely, that is a really good method to start loving exercise. Another thing is, Try different types of exercise. A lot of times, especially as adults, we limit ourselves so much to just the gym. And if you don't like the gym, don't go to the gym. There are so many more options than we give ourselves credit to. Literally go grab a rounders bat and go play rounders with your friends. Play a game of tag in the park. None of these things that we used to do as kids are off limits to adults. It's just that we told ourselves that past a certain point, that it would be childish to do that. You know what? Genuinely organize a game of tag or it or whatever you call it. Um, I joined a netball team at a certain point in my life. I've gone paddleboarding in London. In fact, for the last few birthdays, I've tried to organize a group paddleboarding trip, but for some reason, the weather or the pandemic tends to ruin it every year, so we've not actually ended up doing it. But open your mind to new possibilities of new ways you can try. I went rock climbing the other day. I picked up a tennis racket for the first time in 10 years. Go find a squash court. Squash is one of my favorite activities. And when I started removing diet culture from it, another thing I realized is it's such a good mental health thing. So I actually pick the type of exercise I do that day based on what I need. If I'm angry, I go play squash. If I need to calm down, if I want to chill, then I go swimming. There are different things you can do and you don't have to pick one thing. You can just follow your body intuitively. That is what intuitive exercise means, is actually listening to your body. And another thing that came out of that hospitalization when I was 19 was I stopped caring what I looked like. So many of the reasons why I didn't go to the gym was because I was worried about looking stupid. And at the end of the day, if someone's staring at you in the gym, that is them being so judgmental. Why the hell are they looking at you? Why are they not focusing on their workout? Are they that bored? that they need to look at someone else and if you're that bored why don't you just leave the gym or are you so busy self-punishing yourself that you have to compare yourself to other people to make yourself feel good about yourself and that's what I want you to do when someone stares at the gym or makes a comment or any of these things yes there are people who make comments and sometimes you can perceive a stare as a negative thing when someone is just zoning out and staring in your general direction because you're insecure take your focus off everyone else and if you need to cover the calories on a treadmill so you don't look at the time that is also a great way of doing it one of the ways i tell people to learn how to listen to your body intuitively is actually to cover all of the numbers on a treadmill or cross trainer 
or any of the machines because you don't need to know how long you've been on the treadmill. Why don't you listen to your body? Your body will tell you when it's had enough, when it's bored. You don't need to know how many calories you've burned because if you're listening to your body, your body will tell you when to get off and you're not using it to compensate and actually detaching nutrition from it entirely. Stop looking at calories. Stop wearing fitness trackers. Those fitness trackers are about taking you outside of your body and not actually being in your body. And that's another big piece of the puzzle. Using exercise as a way of associating inside your body. So rather than looking at your fitness tracker, even watching TV, to be honest, or getting outside of your body and watching the numbers on the treadmill, go inside your body and actually feel your legs when they're running. Actually feel your breath coming in and out when you're doing yoga. It's also about removing the hierarchy around fitness. So an hour long workout is not better than a 20 minute workout. An high intensity boot camp class is not better than a yoga class. Whatever is best for your body is what's best. Whatever you enjoyed most is what's best. If you enjoyed 20 minutes more than you would have done if you had forced yourself to stay an hour and then left with a really miserable mindset because you absolutely hated the rest of the 40 minutes, go for 20 minutes. Break all the rules and the more you break the rules the more you'll realize that all these rules are really stupid diet culture things that have been grained inside of you and i genuinely believe there is a type of movement that you will love if you gave yourself permission to actually enjoy it and try new things and if you don't enjoy something and you're not enjoying exercise and movement at all maybe what you need is a break from it entirely i have gone through phases in my life where i've taken a complete break from it because either i had other priorities in life and that's okay too or it was because i just wasn't finding anything i was liking and so i took a break i let my body rest and you know what one day you're going to get an urge to do something active maybe it's just going for a walk with a friend and then you'll suddenly go oh that actually felt good unlike before so maybe i might just do more even within the pandemic walking three hours a day was something i never thought i would ever do but there was a certain friend i was going on these walks with and we were just talking so much that every time it would baffle me when i came back and be like we walked 15 kilometers and the only reason i knew this was because my friend tracks these things whereas i don't look at it because i don't track anything and i intentionally don't track anything but knowing you walked 15 kilometers and you literally did not notice simply because you were so busy talking is a really effortless and easy way to start putting movement in your life actually start choosing to do active things with your friends rather than going for lunch or going for dinner you can choose to go for a swim or you can choose to play squash together or play tennis together and actually surrounding yourself with other people who love movement is a really positive way of doing it i actually think that friendship group loving exercise loving movement was a big piece of the puzzle as selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Motivation to get there, and especially in the beginning, there was a motivational element and. I don't even like calling it motivational. I actually think it's more to do with habit. So in the very, very beginning when I came out of hospital, I told myself I was going to go to the gym three times a week. And I know I said previously, don't put any rules on it. But my rule was you had to go to the gym three times a week, but you didn't have to stay. And so if you walked all the way to the gym and you didn't want to be there, you could turn around and walk out. And you know what? This was one of the most beautiful life lessons I could have done for myself because it taught me to trust myself. And it meant that so often I would walk there and then my brain, my inner critic would start going, no, well, you're already here. You might as well go for five minutes. And I actually started fighting that inner critic and went, no, you said I could leave as soon as I want to. I want to leave now. You're going to keep your promise. And it was forcing me to keep my promise to myself that if I really was going to tell myself you can leave anytime you want to, when I wanted to, I actually had to leave. And there were days where I used to walk in the gym, go through the turntable and come straight out. There were times I walked to the gym with one trainer knowing I had no intention of staying there. And I understand a lot of you will be listening being like, well, what's the point in that? The point is, first of all, it built a habit. Number two, it builds a self-trust that if I say you can leave anytime you want to and actually let yourself do it, that this isn't about punishing yourself. This isn't about making yourself feel bad. It's not about shame. It's not about guilt. If you want to leave, you're allowed to leave without feeling bad about yourself. And also, it was about the fact that even if I walked to the gym, walked around the turntable, came out of the gym and walked out for exit, I still walked 20 minutes to the gym and I also walked 20 minutes back. So I had been active, I had moved my body, but a lot of the time we discredit this. And actually I see this so often in people who say, oh, I haven't been to the gym in six months. Oh, but you're a waitress. Okay, so you're on your feet all day and then you're gonna make yourself feel bad for not moving in the gym. You're moving at work. Don't discredit movement in your day-to-day life simply because it's not labeled as workout, simply because it's not labeled as your hour-long gym session. And then you're going to continue to make yourself feel bad because you've not been to the gym. Uh, probably because you're spent. Probably because you've used up all your energy standing on your feet. Which, by the way, requires a lot of endurance. Which also requires a lot of strength. And probably what you do need, instead of going to the gym for an hour, is an hour-long stretch after you've been on your feet from 9 till 5. And I know this podcast has been kind of me ranting at you. But this is also why I changed the format on my podcast. Because I want to be able to do things like this. 
But I'm so passionate about it because I think the saddest part of all of it is that fitness and movement is such an opportunity for fun and diet culture rips that and steals that away from all of us. And that's what makes me so disheartened. I feel sad for the 13 year old in me who felt so shamed running that cross country and then thought she hated exercise for the next six years as a result. And I also feel sad for the fact that if I hadn't been hospitalized again, would I have ever learned to love exercise again? Would paddleboarding be back in my life? Would squash be back in my life? All of these things are such big parts of my joy nowadays, of my happiness nowadays. And I shouldn't have had to go through such a traumatizing experience, such a heartbreaking, heart-wrenching experience, one filled with pain for me to realise that my body was worthy of love and kindness and moving it out of a self-compassion place and not from a place of self-hatred. And since then, I've actually started a new body journey. I don't know what to call it. I don't think it's a body journey, but I've started a new piece of the puzzle. And that's down to the fact that when I came out at 19, when I came out 11 of these really intense hospitalizations, where I was bedridden and had to relearn how to walk, Uh, rehabilitation was not a big thing and physiotherapy and all of these things that we have access to now were not as well known and so I never really got the support I needed coming out of hospital I really learned how to walk with an IV drip hunched over and therefore had really bad posture as a result I went through a blip when I was 15 doing Pilates rehabilitation in the summer after my GCSEs but let's be honest in the summer after your GCSEs you really want to be spending three hours a week in a Pilates studio correcting your posture not really and so that was quite a short-lived attempt at rehabilitation but in the pandemic when I was in so much chronic pain because I couldn't see physios and I couldn't see the sports massage people that I was used to I actually started questioning why I was spending so much time and money on on reducing the pain when I've never actually looked at the source of the pain and if I actually went to these professionals and asked a different question which is could my chronic pain actually improve like the cause of it so that I'm not using these sports massages as almost like remedies but prevention, not cure kind of mentality. I had a lot of professionals tell me, no, there are definitely things you can do because they do have a lot more knowledge and technology around how the body works now. I have actually been working on that since February. So three times a week, I have been going to a place which is helping me rehab and I've got so much stronger. A lot of the pain that's especially around my shoulders and and some of you will know at my very worst, I've not been able to tie my hair up, but as a day-to-day thing, I'm not very good at carrying handbags or any of this stuff. I'm actually able to do that and it's not night and day and obviously this has been since February and it is November. And whilst I'm not at the point of carrying heavy handbags yet, I am at the point where if I need to carry something really heavy, I can do it and it doesn't massively injure me in the same way it previously did. But even that has come with its challenges and even though I've had this intuitive exercise, body positive exercise mindset for so long, having that relationship with your body where sometimes it frustrates you, sometimes it gets ill, sometimes it doesn't allow you to do the things that you want to do and knowing and learning how to not turn inwards on yourself and turn that into a self-hatred or a self-criticizing mindset but instead praise yourself on the small wins and giving yourself patience when you can't do something so quickly and understanding that part of a journey is there are going to be times where it's a little bit more difficult there are going to be times when everything is going right and the fact that I've done it now for what 10 months 
I've seen that. I've seen that there are weeks where I feel absolutely on fire and I make absolute leaps and bounds. And then there are weeks where I feel like I've hit a plateau for weeks. I remember there was a plateau roughly in the summer for about two months. And then suddenly one week, I was able to lift double the amount of weight that I normally did. And it was like that plateau. I was actually growing, but I wasn't seeing the physical change. And then it suddenly happened in one moment. But it's the perseverance. And to be honest, acting like me and my body are one team. We're on the same side. So when you start being horrible to yourself and being like, why can't you do this? And all of these things, you're just making it harder for yourself. And to be honest, we live in a world that reflects that. There was one day about a month ago where I nearly did a sit-up and that sounds like nothing to you. But this is a huge thing. I have had my stomach cut open 15 times. I have had so many severe abdominal surgeries. I genuinely thought a sit-up was so off the cards for me that was not even close to a goal that was on my radar because it just seemed unrealistic. And when I say I nearly did a sit-up, my whole back got off the floor, but I didn't sit up like I didn't touch my knees but my whole back coming off the floor is huge considering that literally like in February I couldn't do anything without pain going straight to my back I told that to someone I was like I nearly did a sit-up and their response was you can't do a sit-up now when I say we live in diet culture that is what diet culture is And you know what? I could go into that comparison mindset and be like, oh, that actually isn't a big accomplishment. But instead, I stood up for myself and I set my boundary and I replied to it simply saying, don't do this. I'm really proud of myself and I don't need it to be ruined. I want to enjoy this accomplishment and I understand it's a small feat for you. But for me, someone who's had 15 surgeries, someone who's had their stomach cut into, I never thought this day would come. And I just did it and I've been working towards it for 10 months. So please, can you not diminish my accomplishment? I stood up for my body in the same way that when I go to a new personal trainer and the personal trainer makes comments of all kinds, I stand up for my body then. I tell them I'm not interested in weight loss. I actually had a moment with a personal trainer once where my personal trainer was late. And so he said another personal trainer was going to warm me up. And for the warm up, she was like, oh, do a plank. And I said, I can't do a plank. And she was like, well, not with that attitude. You shouldn't say can't. You haven't even tried. And I was like, I just told you I can't do a plank. And she continued pushing and was like, you shouldn't have such a negative attitude. This isn't even the workout. This is the warm up. I literally turned her because I was like on my knees and I got up, pulled my top up and went, when I say I can't do something, it's because I've had 15 surgeries, not because I'm too lazy to do it. And so when someone says they can't, you should probably respect that. And this was many years ago. This was like definitely in my teenage angst years, like probably when I was 20 years old. And it's definitely not how I would handle it now at 28. But I just think it's this mentality often when you're a plus size body in a gym that sometimes they assume you're new to a gym. They also assume that you don't know how to use the machines. They assume you're lazy. All of these assumptions and they can place that on you. But if you get really good at advocating for yourself and standing up for yourself and surrounding yourself with the right people, because also on this physio journey for the last 10 months, I've had some incredible people around me supporting me who understand my body positive mindset, who understand that I don't want to be talking about weight that understand that this isn't about weight loss for me this is about my mobility and my ability and that my entire goal for the last 10 months hasn't been anything to do with aesthetics 
or about weight but actually I walked into the session in February saying my intention is that I want to be able to do anything I want to do and I don't want my body to stop me that was my entire fitness goal and it hasn't changed and I'm not making it more specific and I'm not putting goals to it because that is all I want out of it And so I'm actually not measuring it in success or failure. And I think that's important to talk about because I think sometimes when we associate fitness with weight, what we look at as success and failure within working out is so different. So if you associate the only reason to work out is because you want to lose weight, then if you work out three times a week and you step on the scale at the end of the week, you create a pass-fail mentality. And if you don't lose weight, then you will see that as a failure but you worked out three times that week. So if you make the goal the movement itself and your goal is to go to the gym three times that week, then when you go to the gym three times that week, you've already succeeded. Forget about the weight loss because a lot of the times people will be like, but I care about my health. If it's truly about health, then you going to the gym three times, whether you lose weight or not, is going to improve your health. And so I think it's a really important thing to be honest about what your goals are, but also realise that you don't need to have goals. I prefer to not have goals. I have a healthier mindset around exercise when I don't have goals. Again, I don't like attaching any numbers and that three times a week thing was only a short-lived thing. I think I did it for about six weeks to build a habit. And once I had the habit and knew I could trust myself to keep up the habit, then I let it go. And I was like, some weeks I do five weeks, some weeks I do two weeks. I don't need to count because I know that I now have this love of exercise. That is the drive behind it. And I don't need to have an external source that keeps me to a program because I will always naturally come back to exercise because it's fun. And as you can probably tell, I can talk about this for hours. And if you listen to all of this, my greatest hope for you is that you find a form of movement that you love even if it's just going for a walk, even if it's a five minute dance in your kitchen, even if it's a five minute stretch right before bed, find your type of movement, make it work for you and use it as an opportunity for fun. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world if you could leave a review wherever you are listening to this and share it on social media. Tag me in so I can share it too. Come find me at Scarred Not Scared on Twitter, Instagram or TikTok. We do fun things on there like Q&A Mondays and on Friday we celebrate your boundary wins. So there's a whole community of people who want to grow and heal and are just like you. And we are waiting to welcome you whenever you are ready. In the meantime, make sure to feel your feelings, set some boundaries, communicate in the way you want to be communicated with, ask for what you need. And I know sometimes you forget, but someone loves you. And I'll speak to you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.